What is up, everybody? Welcome to Mongol, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev, Josh, and Riverhounds president, Vic Gregovitz. The Hounds kick off preseason today. So, Vic, we are thrilled that you're able to be here. Thanks for joining us, man. No, absolutely. Great to be here. It's a great day. It's always a great day when we get started for the season. You know, the guys were out there for a couple of hours today. And as you guys know, we've got the the core from last year uh, back and, and Bob has added some significant pieces. So we're excited to get started. It's awesome. And, you know, you sort of came in last year and I remember when you were first announced uh, almost immediately, we were like, Matt, can we talk to him? And he was like, guys, let him breathe a little bit. Like, let him get settled in. So I think a lot of people know that you're, you're obviously the president of the Hounds. But, you know, tell us a little bit about you, you know, just outside sure. of soccer, hobbies, that sort sure. of thing. No, absolutely. And you know, I got here four weeks before the season last year, so it was a whirlwind. I, I think the whirlwind is still going. But uh, so I oversee the business operations and, and the revenue generation of the team. And uh, I'm a Pittsburgh native, grew up in West Homestead, went to Robert Morris, uh, went to Bishop Boyle High School, which is no longer around. But that's a different story for, you know, another day. And. Uh, I, you know, I always talk about full circle and, and I was an intern with the Pittsburgh spirit uh, back oh, wow. in the Civic arena days. So in group sales with with that team, that was really the beginning of of my career. And, uh, you know, met my wife here. We both worked at Kennywood uh, summer jobs, nice. so summer romance. Uh, and we're still married 32 years later. Hold on, hold on real years. quick. What did you what did you do? At, I, I spent a summer working at Kennywood. So now oh, I'm did. curious. What did you do at Kennywood? So I was uh, on the racer and the Jackrabbit. And then I eventually became a mechanic. And if you remember the laser loop and the Thunderbolt, mm -hmm. a couple of those were my rides. And she was the girl next door. She was the log jammer when I was on the racer. So, <laughs> so uh, the other part of that is uh, we have two kids and a uh, senior in college and a senior in high school. And uh, my son is a senior at Washington and Jefferson here. So I get to see him uh, every every couple, well, at least once a week or so. So no, it's uh, it's been great to be back. I haven't been, uh, you know, I haven't lived in the market since 2003. Uh, with my time with uh, Robert Morris and the Pirates before that. So it's it's been great to be back. And you, know, you ask about hobbies, and I love to play golf, but the reality of it is I play once or twice a year. It's it's I love to play. I love to get out there and be outside. That's good. But, you know, one thing that one thing that has really um, since I've moved back biking, bicycling and biking in this area is phenomenal. And, and I decided because of our location, and I'm, I'm here by myself while my daughter's a senior in high school right now. And so after work, I jump on my bike and, and I ride around downtown. And I think it's fabulous. I, I go over bridges and and I go to the north side. I, I go through downtown. I go down the south side. I've tried to go to the waterfront. I haven't made it that far yet, but that's a different story. We'll get there. We'll get there. But it's it's a great city to ride, uh, to go riding through. So anyhow, well-kept secret I never knew about. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Um, you know, it, it, you mentioned how you sort of came in right before the season started last year. When you were approached, you know, to sort of take on this role, what was sort of going through your mind? I mean, we'll talk about here in a second. You know, you have, you have done a lot of work in, in baseball and football. And, and how did you know that the Hounds was like the right decision for you? 
Yeah, a couple of things. I had been watching uh, the USL for probably three or four years and, and was looking for an opportunity in, U- in the USL. Saw the growth. I loved what they were doing on uh, from a, a league standpoint and obviously, you know, the franchise standpoint. And then when this came up from the opportunity of, of uh, coming back to, to my hometown and, and joining the USL, Thought it was a great opportunity, a franchise that's got history. Uh, but the other thing I could always tell you, I had never been here. So uh, when I came to town to visit, I would always drive by and say, man, that is an incredible place. What could I do with that? Well, here I am. So <laughs> I, better, I better answer the question. But no, it has, it has been a great ride. And, and from the standpoint of uncovering new opportunities almost daily. So it's, uh, it's been great. And so, you know, just sort of referencing back your history of baseball, football, how has soccer been different? Yeah, you know, I get that question uh, often from the standpoint of I've been, you know, in multiple different sports throughout my career. Principles of running the business side are pretty much the same. It's just the the day to day that you have to do differently. The one thing that 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 soccer uh, has taught me, though, is there, there's very, you know, there's no downtime. I mean, when you talk about in-game entertainment, you talk about 15 minutes at halftime, that's it. So that's just completely different from my 18 years, well, I guess minor league with 20 years of baseball where you have to entertain every half inning and you have breaks to do things and seventh inning stretches and those kind of things. So the pace, the pace of the game probably has been um, to watch. It's absolutely great to entertain. It, it's a little bit different. Well, speaking of pace, so like during the game, we can see you running around constantly. It seems like, <laughs> you know, it seems like you're very hands-on. You're you're down there getting everything done. Do you consider that aspect like more fun or do you like, you know, the before and after stuff where you can actually like plan ahead and do all that? No, I, you know, I, I'm having a blast, quite honestly, guys. So I, I would tell you that, um, I, I like to be on, on the ground level, if you will, because you got to get feel and be a part of and, and meet the fan base. And, and I will tell you, you know, this year, a lot COVID had some things to do with it, but I spent many of evenings in a concession stand. And I will tell you, if you want to do a, a mini focus group, just listen in a concession stand. No one knew who I was. I'm wearing a golf shirt and you know, <laughs> they didn't know the guy making the soft pretzels was the team president. I mean, that was, absolutely awesome or just even you know filling the portable stands along the way and taking uh taking the the coke uh from one place to another just listening to people saying hi to them greeting them or just sitting down in the riverside seats and talking to a season ticket holder that's what it's all about i mean it really is sounds like an episode what's that show undercover boss (laughs) (laughs) the employees have no idea who's there (laughs) so uh we announced on Twitter that we were going to have you on, and one of the questions we got was uh, from Liverpool Reject. Um, he asked about uh, pregame events, uh, like will the food trucks be back, the tailgate zone, uh, any chance of dollar beers coming back? Uh, yep. Yeah. So the uh, the answer to that is, uh, especially on the tailgate zone, we we brought that to life. I think it was July 31st, and, and really, uh, it it was I won't say it was an instant success, but pretty close. It it was something that did very well for us. And the whole idea there is the footprint of the of Highmark Stadium is, is tight in certain areas. So 
one, we wanted to have a destination for the fans pregame. And two is at halftime, you know, to, to, to service everybody that wants concessions, we had we needed more points of sale. So the idea is they can go out to the tailgate zone, get whatever they want, come back in and and not worry about going, you know, back through security or anything like that. So that's the essence of that. I mean, we did uh, talking about beer nights. We do have a beer special and uh, Riverhounds Lager will be returning as well as the tailgate zone. So those two are on the horizon. We did a $18, an $18 ticket last year where the first beer was on us. And, and that worked extremely well, extremely, extremely well for people in the tailgate zone. And that will continue to grow. One thing I would tell everybody, though, is we got some people that thought you had to you had to have a ticket to get in the tailgate zone. You just have to have a ticket to get into the game, and the tailgate zone is part of it. So that's the other part of it. Sometimes we got, well, do I bring my do I bring my grill to the tailgate zone? Do I bring my my brats? What do I do? Well, the answer is we supply everything. <laughs> we supply everything, and we had we had great fun with two food trucks every night. We had a bar out there as well as a DJ and our merchandise trailer and, and some cornhole and just we had some good, good, good fun. All right. As the president of the Steel Army, if I didn't ask this question, I, I'd get flogged. Are there any plans <laughs> for a, a restroom under the Paul Child section of the stands? Any, any hopes of that happening? Not the first time I've got that question. Really? And I can tell you this, we are always walking around and we are trying to look at ways to improve uh, and improve the fan experience because, you know, we, we have, to me, we have the best kept secret in Pittsburgh here at Highmark Stadium. We have an incredible team. Um, and so the whole experience on a Saturday night, I don't know how it gets any better. You know, I always say Saturday night on the waterfront uh, or the riverfront, however you want to say that. But Josh, we will continue to uh, we will continue to evaluate that. If you could pass that on to certain people, that <laughs> see what I could do. So going going beyond the the kind of game day experience and, and what's happening on the field, um, I I feel like ever since it's been announced, like for for the past many many months, I've personally brought up on the podcast about news around the the new training facility. Mm -hmm. um, I'm I'm very excited about it. What's what's the latest that you could tell us, and and what makes you most excited about having a facility of that caliber for the league? Yeah, the uh, so the, the the training facility, the building is just about closed in. I haven't been out myself in just over a week, so it may be just about closed in. But I, I wouldn't. I would anticipate, uh, you know, like the pro team to to be able to start to practice in the next couple of weeks out there. So that's very exciting. The turf is in and everything uh, from that standpoint. And then shortly thereafter, uh, you know, the academy, our academy will will be out there and, and playing as well. So that that is it's exciting on multiple fronts. Not only is the, the pro team have a first class facility to practice indoors, to work out indoors, as well as Highmark Stadium outdoors, but it also, from an academy standpoint, it gives us world-class facilities to continue to enhance the academy and to grow the academy, quite honestly. And then the, the other thing that I would just mention is from a standpoint of a region, you know, there, there is a shortage of fields around, and now this will add significant amount of fields and also have a significant economic impact to the region 
when tour, you know, we have five tournaments on schedule for 2022, uh, not only from the facilities, but the hotels, the restaurants, uh, it'll be great for the, the region and a premier facility in the country. That's awesome. Um, yeah, going back to sourcing kind of external questions, Rachel asked about the uh, USL Women's League. Um, have you been have you been keeping an eye on on what's going on, on the women's side of things? And is there any chance we might see a women's team playing at Highmark anytime soon? Yeah, no, certainly we've we've been keeping an eye on it, and we've we've been to to league meetings where uh, you know uh, they have given presentations and so forth. To be honest with you, I, I think we will listen to to anything, but but right now my focus has really been. You know, the, the, the soccer side of our business has been phenomenal for the last four years. Uh, now I have to get we have to get the business side to catch up to it. And we have to build we have to build uh, a business that will uh, you know be sustainable over that time frame. So I'll be honest with you, that has been my primary focus, uh, not only doing that on the pro side, but obviously uh, the Montour complex as well. But again, we, I think from a standpoint of ownership, uh, we'll certainly uh, explore everything moving forward. The other thing I just wanted to add too, because I did a, a little bit more research of, uh, I found a stat today when I was thinking about youth soccer in America. And, and it just talked about the second most uh, active sport in the, in the youths from 20 or I'm sorry, 12 to 24. But the other stat that I found that was was kind of mind boggling to me is 70% of soccer fans in the US are under the age of 40. That's mind boggling. 70%. That's great for our future, guys. That's what it really, really is. I'm curious I mean, honestly, baseball is. Yeah. <laughs> What's the flip? I wonder, is that like the opposite as baseball? <laughs> um yeah, I, I would think. I think in the article that I read, uh, fifty-seven might have been. Okay. You know, fifty-seven might have been an average age, uh, where our average age is. I think it's in the low thirties. That's what I figured. It's by far, I mean, soccer is by far the youngest, the yeah. young, the youngest audience out of out of any of the major sports. I mean, when you look at just sort of all of the announcements coming out of the USL, not just from the Women's League, but from, um, you know, League One, League Two, teams popping up literally all over the country, um, it's hard to imagine that those meetings are nothing but excitement and just like everybody getting pumped for like what's coming, not just what's here, but what's coming. Right. No, so, no absolutely. And the growth. Uh, of the league over the last several years. It's, it's been phenomenal to watch, and now I'm trying to absorb it and, and learn, quite honestly. Yeah. Kind of dovetailing off that discussion um, from Casey, he mentioned uh, with so much talent in and around Pittsburgh between local colleges and players coming through the academy and other local clubs, is there any uh, plan to potentially offer like a, a true pathway by fielding a, a team for USL2 or something? Yeah, I, I would tell you same same thing. I mean, we, we're we're open to uh, anything if you if you know what I mean from that perspective. And then, but we've got we've got to focus on right now. We've just got to focus on building building the business side of the pro team, uh, and then and then bringing Montour online and all the synergy that comes with it. So part of that building would be, you know, the sponsorships, getting the money into the, the team. And you guys got 84 lumber and that seems like a huge, huge get, but it is have a, a interesting quality to it. Like it's, so how's this work? It's the sponsor is a co-primary sponsor for the kit. Um, so where did that idea come from? And just like, how does that work? 
Yeah, so uh, AHN is a, a longtime partner of ours, uh, obviously, and uh, through, you know, they want to help us grow as well. And so through conversations with them, we looked at some of the assets that were part of the partnership. And so we were, we were able to talk through the away jerseys. So um, looking at maybe that would be an opportunity for a national brand. And so when we looked at that and we looked at the national brands that were within our region, and that was where we wanted to go first, uh, Tuffy has worked for, for years with the Hardy family. And so great relationship there. And candidly, it, uh, you know, once we presented the idea, the concept, it was, it was a quick, uh, quick turnaround. So 84 will be on the front of our away jerseys and they'll be on the back of our, uh, our home jerseys. So it just, it's a great fit for a national brand. So when we're in San Antonio or Sacramento or wherever. I mean, just to sort of follow up on that, I mean, this this does feel like something that's unique compared to how other teams do it across the league. Is this something that it was just an opportunity that presented itself or was this something that you maybe tried in sort of a prior uh, position? And, and can we expect any other sort of neat, interesting, you know, um, sponsorship type scenarios like this maybe in the future? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one that just came up in the concept uh, from you know, general conversation, but yeah, we'll, we'll continue to, to look at things. I mean, we just did a uh, unique partnership with Armina Stone here and the naming of our uh, naming rights to our uh, press box. Uh, so we will continue to, to look at that. We were in conversations with, uh, with, with a couple of people about naming rights to our premium area, which would be our suites and our club seats and enhancing the suites and the club seats. And it's probably a level that has been missing uh, here at Highmark Stadium that we would, you know, we would like to add. And we may have a few other surprises up our sleeves. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, continuing that that thread to uh, partnerships with uh, Imagine AR, uh, Augmented Reality. Um, you, have some, you have some experience working with them in the minor league baseball. Uh, what sort of things did they produce for you there? And is there any hints on what fans can, can expect from that partnership? Yeah, so the, the first thing is we'll, we'll be unveiling an app shortly. Uh, so that that's something I think we have been in, in dire need of. So uh, to give fans, you know, immediate content and to get uh, engagement with our fan base and AR is part of that in my mind. So from the from the standpoint of engaging, whether people are here at Highmark Stadium, whether they're one of our corporate partners or, or wherever, we can have a lot of fun with it and we can we can activate it and it will give people and again technology going towards that younger fan base it made a lot of sense to me you know i will tell you in the past uh, i have working with imagine ar and we we've done a very very successful program during the uh during the pandemic with our corporate partners our uh, food service corporate partners when curbside was really the only thing you could do because you could not go into restaurants and we we would geofence all of the, their restaurants uh, in a different market, and you would go to go to that restaurant for curbside pickup. You'd take your your picture uh, with our mascot at the time in front of the restaurant, and if you posted that, you got free tickets no matter what. And then you were wow. in you were in an opportunity to um, register by the more times you used it. But it was a way that we were able to help our partners during the pandemic, and it was successful and. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it, quite honest. 
quite honestly. I mean, at over 30 locations, we are geofencing. <laughs> I, that's awesome. I mean, whenever the rumblings first came out that there might be an app, I think a lot of fans, myself included, were probably like, well, you know, what's this going to be? It's going to be like scores and news. And a lot of times you'll see companies that will literally just take their website and basically say it's an app. And it's like, well, what good is that? But this sounds like it's something completely different and completely new. Yeah. And, and, and you know, we're, we're going down the road as mobile ticket, mobile ticketing and working with uh, a couple of food providers that that may allow us to do uh, mobile ordering as well. We, we just want it to be all inclusive and, and for our academy, their schedules will be there. Their links for tournaments will be there for the hotels. So you, we want everything to be in your hand. I mean, let's face it. That's where everybody spends their time these days, right? <laughs> yeah. Looking at their phone. Yeah. I mean, this sounds to me like, you know, another sort of novel thing that you guys might be bringing to the market. I don't know of many other teams that have sort of an AR type interactive component to, especially at the USL level. Um, so yeah. kudos to you guys for that. That's, that's, that's awesome. Um, so I, you know, we want to be respectful of your time. We've already, you know, talked your ear off here for 20 minutes, but we got a couple of, of, of rapid fire questions here that we'll, we'll sort okay. of run through and then, and, uh, and we'll let you get back to your evening. Um, what is one thing you wish you knew before you took this job? I wish I knew how to make, um, soft pretzels and cotton candy. <laughs> cotton candy is tough. Anybody that tells you cotton candy is not tough to make is extremely difficult. And it's extremely difficult when it's humid out. That's a different story. <laughs> I feel like there's like there's there's a whole marketing thing there, like cotton candy with Vic, and like you're teaching everybody how to make it on YouTube. So we're gonna yeah. talk to Grubba and make that happen. All right, <laughs> we're all for it. What's uh, what's one thing you're really excited about heading into the uh, the 2022 season? Yeah, I, I'm excited. I mean, our, our players worked so hard last year, and it was the season was abruptly cut short, and and so to, to be able to see them and, and the majority of them are back, uh, you know, capitalize on where they were and, and the new pieces that Bob has added. I'm very excited to see, to see that un, as, as it unfurls, if you will, here in 2022. And then also as we continue to add things, it, the unique thing about what we're doing is we continue to work on things. So we're not going to unveil everything by opening day and then that's it for the season. And, it is, and I go back to my Kennywood days, it's like every year you want to add a new ride, right? So we want to try to add things as we go through the season. So we want to grow. We want to grow our fan base. And we believe grassroots marketing will, will be a part of that. And we want to get the entertainment seeker. We want to see the people that the people that are looking for something to do on a Saturday night. My God, what what better what better opportunity and venue could they come on, on a Saturday night? to watch a soccer game. And we believe if they haven't been here, that they'll fall in love with the team and the place and they'll come back. All right. So Vic said, we're adding rides at Highmark Stadium. You never know. What is, what's one thing that you're excited about for the next five years? You know, you're, you're in this position where you could plan further out. What are you really excited about long-term here? Yeah, there, there's obviously the the academy and in Montour as that as that develops and continue to grow, folks. That is just going to be huge for our region, for our state, and, and you know probably a premier uh, venue in the U.S. Quite honestly, 
So that will continue to grow and, and programming for it will continue to grow, which we're very, very excited about. But also, as, as our youth soccer moves to Montour, programming here at Highmark has to change. So we obviously have our 17 soccer games, but we need to create and develop long-term relationships with the Jazz Fest, which we are in process of, Blues Fest. Uh, you know, February 11th, Pitts Women's Lacrosse, we're the home of, and they will begin to play here on. We were just with the coach earlier today uh, talking about the snow. <laughs> so, you know, and those types of things, WPIL and working with them, I mean, the WPIL soccer championships belong at Highmark Stadium, and we need to forge long-term relationships there. And then we need to create other events and festivals that we – that we can do again to sustain activity and and candidly produce revenue here at IMARC Stadium. So those types of things I look at in the next five years and get very, very excited. Adding suites and club seats here at the stadium. Have a few surprises for you that we're going to add to the field level, probably by season, uh, by season end, which will be very exciting. So we, we have all of this in front of us. I'm still building up the staff to quite to be quite honest with you. So we need to get the the staff in place to make all of this uh, come to life, if you will. Well, you know, my next question was going to be any surprises that the fans should watch out for. So now you're contractually <laughs> obligated to tell us what those things are that are going to happen. <laughs> Good work. I don't yeah. remember signing that part of it. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> But one thing I can I can tell you is is we are going to continue to find you know find ways to uh, make it the you know the best experience and an incredible venue with uh, a fun team to watch. We've talked for years about how Highmark and the Hounds in particular have this really unique opportunity to become this sort of mecca of soccer in Pittsburgh because of how prominent the location is and the fact that you guys have such a strong academy and you can use it for Whippeal and all of that. I, I think that your your focus is right. I mean, you you keep developing the pro team to win championships and you keep shepherding through the youth so that that's where the memories are and that's where people want to come back and and it just continues to be a great experience for everybody. So um, I don't think any arguments from us on that side. You, you hit the nail on the head, though, and it, it is um, it is our, our mission and our goal to on, on the entertainment side to create memories. And you, you remember those memories, whether you were here with a family member or you were here with a spouse or or whatever. But, you, you know, you will remember it. Yeah, for sure. Well, Vic, um, like I said, you know, thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, uh, you know, we, we obviously really, really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate everything that you do for the team and, you know, making cotton candy and hot pretzels. I'm sure everyone will keep an eye out for you at Gabe Day. We cannot wait to be back at Highmark and, uh, and seeing you there in person. So, um, yeah, thanks again. And, and, you know, really looking forward to the start of the season here. Yeah, and I would tell you a couple of, a couple of things before I leave, and that is just – you know, we will announce the, the home schedule for the preseason coming up here uh, very shortly. Fans, we're going to leave the gates open for the fans to come in and, uh, and and check out the venue and check out the team. That's that's the idea. And uh, we've got a television schedule that we'll announce around the corner here. And just a lot of, of great things uh, happening and uh, some premium hospitality, which I mentioned, but there is... 
there is another one coming that I can't tell you about, but it's going to come in threes. That's what come I'm on, man! Like <laughs> it's going to come in threes. All right. All the riddles. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I appreciate the time. It's great to talk to you. Please, uh, you know, and I throw this out there for for anybody listening. You have ideas or suggestions? It's Vic V I C at HighmarkStadium.com. Uh, one thing we really didn't get to talk about, but from ideas and so forth, extremely big on getting fan input prior to instituting some ideas. And we usually try to get a mix of season ticket holders, single game buyers and group leaders and do a sampling and do a quick survey. We can do those kind of things and certainly uh, talk through things. And uh, and that's the fun part. It's the fun part of what we do. Awesome. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you again, Vic. Uh, enjoy All the right. rest of your evening, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Later, Vic. Thanks. Thanks. That was awesome. Yeah. I have to think of that riddle. I'm just going to bother me. Yeah. <laughs> Coming in threes. I felt like he really enjoyed just messing with us. Like, yeah, pretty much. We, we, we tried, <laughs> just so everyone knows, we tried to get info from him off air. He wasn't giving us any. He did mention, which was fantastic, that he, that Lily is like setting up chairs and explaining plays in his office, which like, <laughs> that's totally on brain for Lily. So that's great. If um, you're watching the stream uh, on YouTube uh, or wherever you're you're watching visually, uh, behind him, you could see the Montour, yeah. <laughs> like some renderings as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so really, really cool stuff. Again, a huge thanks to Vic for, for stopping by and, you know, he's a big part of why, you know, the, the, we're able to talk to so many players and Lily and all of that, like the, the openness that he's sort of displayed there, um, is it, the, the mentality is trickled throughout the entire organization. Um, and so, you know, if you like having us talk to players and coaches and all of that, you know, he's, he's part of that as well. So, you know, once again, our thanks to him and, you know, Matt Graba, our buddy over there who does the, the communication and marketing stuff. Um, yeah, it's great talking to them. Um, guys, I guess any, any sort of surprises, anything there that, uh, that you think we should follow up on before we sort of touch on a few other bits of news to, to wrap things up here. I mean, no, no surprises for me. I mean, it was just nice to hear uh, yeah. the commentary about how focused they are on trying to kind of get their fingers in the kind of, yeah, community events and, and culture just externally of sport in general and just trying to become more like integrated with the city and, and with like the people who live in it. So, yeah, I mean, that was really encouraging. I mean, to hear to hear his kind of taken perspective on what he thinks the impact will be for uh, the training facility was really interesting. Um, I think we all kind of speculated, but I mean, without being there, without, you know, knowing the numbers behind everything and, and not, not being the captain of the ship of planning out strategic partnerships with, you know, using that facility, um, you know, we can only guess, but to hear him, you know, to, to, to me, he was, you know, the way he was talking about it, like it kind of lived up to, I think what, like, my hope and fantasy was about what that, what that facility will be for soccer in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I, I hope they execute on it well. And, you know, if they do, it could, it could be really, really big for the city and for the club. Steve, uh, our buddy, Steve asked, is Vic the best <laughs> signing during the Lily era? But listen, I mean, for, since we've been doing this show, I think that we have been advocating for somebody in that sort of president position to oversee things so that it wasn't, Lily or it wasn't Tuffy because we know that they obviously have other things that that 
they're focused on. So the fact that Vic is here and that he's able to bring this experience and it sounds like do a lot of cool new stuff. Like if I had told you two seasons ago, the hounds were going to have an AR uh, you know, app to like, does yeah, all I, want, I don't want like, Lily what? anywhere. I don't want Lily anywhere near the development of an app. Like I don't want Lily anywhere. <laughs> like that's none of his business. I don't think he wants to be anywhere near that either. No, but you know, um, yeah. So, so I, I don't, you know, I don't think we can argue. We've seen that. like four presidents since the podcast started. I, three or four. I, I, I feel like. But, yeah. Is Vic the first one we've talked to though? No, Nightingale was the first one we talked to. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Nightingale. Yeah. And we've had Tuffy on, who's been like acting the, president. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Tuffy, Nightingale, yeah, yeah. Kevin, uh, and then Vic. Those are the ones I can yeah. remember. Yeah. Um, one of the things that he had mentioned uh, as news that is coming uh, is the preseason. I'm going to put the preseason schedule up here because this was news that came out over the past week. Now, I just sort of assumed that all of these games were at home because it sort of says home on here. So he mentioned that there would be some announcement. Maybe there's some additional announcement. I think the cool thing about the schedule that we're looking at here is that uh, <laughs> as this is shown, every game is at home, which means Highmark, except against Pitt, which would be at Ambrose Field up in Oakland all of 15 minutes away. And the fact that the hounds would go play in Oakland as like a support pit kind of thing, I think is not only a, a, a great move from a, I don't even want to say charity standpoint, but from a marketing standpoint, like get the college students up there to see them during preseason and then, you know, get them down to the games at Highmark. So, um, exciting stuff. You know, we've got, it looks like on, on February 12th, there's going to be like a mini tournament, including Villanova and Westchester United, which Westchester United is of USL League 2. Then on the 16th, uh, they'll play Loudoun, uh, which obviously is uh, championship. Um, and then you have Indy 11, obviously championship. Louisville, obviously championship. And Pitt and WVU, both sort of top college teams. So guys, with that schedule, I guess, Josh, what, what sort of jumps out at you here um, when you first heard that list? Yeah, I'm I'm happy to see you uh USL teams on there. Um I get playing colleges, but I also kind of want to see the team play, you know, MLS or, or championship teams. Uh so the one disappointing is the fact there isn't a chance or there isn't a MLS team on there. Like in the past they've gone to the crew uh and played uh like usually behind closed doors match against them, yeah. which is fine. Like I, I I'm not really saying like, I want to watch the crew come to Highmark stadium for preseason. Like that seems silly to me, but like if they could go there and like play a game behind closed doors with any of those type of teams, just to test the team out and try to get the, you know, against a good quality side. Cause I feel like you learn different things than if you're playing college sides. Uh, but the fact that we have Louisville on there, that's great. Uh, Indy 11, another great one. Uh, Loudon, eh, whatever, but uh, <laughs> the other two, you know, those will be good tests uh, at yeah. least. So, Kevin, any thoughts? No, same. I'm happy to see Indy and Louisville. Um, do you do either of you know is the is the college is the men's college soccer season a fall or a spring or both? I believe it's fall. Okay, so that's kind of not. I mean, like even though you know that it should be a, a step below, you know, I I don't know. You can argue. You can you can make arguments for both sides on this one, but you know you can make an argument that these teams 
are coming off of a season where they've played a lot. They know each other, blah, blah, blah. You know, so maybe they're clicking on a level from a team perspective that, you know, we wouldn't be at that point. So that'd be a nice little challenge. Um, I feel like in the past I've, I've made this op- opposite argument, but I'm just kind of going with it. As I think I've said in no. the past, like, oh, it's, I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to have preseason games like all home, all in one place, so we don't have to focus on traveling. Now I wonder, I'm like, should we have like one away to like, <laughs> like get them in the mentality that's, of traveling? And that's what Pitt is, man. We go 15 yeah. minutes away oh, up okay. the hill. You know, <laughs> well, look, and, I mean, the other thing is, I think is there, there are benefits, there are pros and cons to both. And and, yeah. and so yeah. I think like there there are a lot of benefits to having like a training camp in Pittsburgh, essentially, uh, uh, of, of what's happening here. I think the, the interesting thing, too, is that Pitt was one of the top teams in the nation this past year. WVU always has a good squad. And so not only was Pitt one of the best teams, um, you have Shane Wheat, who played for Pitt. We have another player that now sort of came through Pitt that we're going to talk about here in a second. You sort of have this pipeline of players where they sort of come to Pittsburgh. They're familiar with Pittsburgh. You're building relationship with Pitt. So we're learning about players that are there, potentially grabbing some of them after school. So um, I I think that that synergy between Pitt and the Riverhounds is one that, you know, Vic mentioned that that the the demographic of soccer fans, like 70% of sports fans under 40 are soccer fans. Like you got to tap into that market. And we've talked about it for years, like get college kids on buses and bring them to the game because if they're into it, we've seen Ambrose Field has been packed for Pitt's men's and women's games. Like bring them down to Highmark, make them part of the environment and just have everybody have a blast, create those memories and then keep coming back. So I think the fact that that they're really sort of leaning into that um, even more is fantastic. Uh, and I think it's only going to bode well for that, you know, 5, 10, 15 year outlook for the, for the organization. So, um, so yeah, I mean, laying out this schedule, literally the preseason opened today. The team put out a whole bunch of pictures, the guys down on the field, which was great. They basically have uh, this weekend to work. And then next weekend, they have sort of that round robin, you know, Villanova, Westchester setup. And then the following Wednesday's Loudon, And then the following Saturday's Pitt. And then Tuesday is Indy. Saturday is Louisville. Next Saturday is WVU, and then we're in the season, guys. Like you look at this, and you're like, "Ah, oh, this is great." It's gonna be, it's just gonna fly by, and and we're gonna be into season mode. So, you know, um, we really got to get our ducks in a row and figure out like who do we want to talk to before the season <laughs> starts? Because this, I mean, looking at this schedule, we got like no time. So, um, so yeah, the, you know, March 12th is our first game away at Memphis 901, and it's gonna be here before you know it. So really, really excited. I mean, the, the preseason is always a fun time. Um, you know, we're constantly looking at notes and game notes about who's playing what. And Shoes always has his his spreadsheet about what players are in and what players are out after each game and how many minutes they play. And we always play the speculation game of who do we think is actually going to stay and who's gone. And um, we always seem to enjoy it. And I think you guys enjoy it as well. Um, so, yeah, get hyped because we're we are there. Um few more signings just to point out really quickly. I think, uh, you know, last, last show was two weeks ago. We got to talk about Dan Kelly, which is awesome. The hounds went out and signed another forward, uh, William Iang, 
uh, which is which is awesome to hear. It, we'll see where he sort of fits into things. Sounds like he's a bit of a taller player. I think six foot two, six foot three. So maybe that target player um, like a Duba from a few years ago. But we will see. Uh, we also signed uh, two more defenders. Uh, one is Jesse Williams, which interestingly enough, he plays for Trinidad and Tobago along with Jelani Peters and Mikhail Williams. Um, who are already signed with the Hounds. So if all three of those guys get called up, we might be short. I haven't looked at the international schedule to see if it conflicts with the season at all. I know that the USL is starting. There's a million international games. Yeah, it's going (laughs) to go a little. The the USL started a little bit early so that hopefully we don't run into any issues with the World Cup later this year. Um, And so we'll see. But there's obviously going to be still some some playing games and things like that. So um, hopefully, you know, that that stretch doesn't happen. We'll have to take a look at that as we get closer to the season. Um, But interesting nonetheless, Jesse Williams is getting a lot of hype. Um, from some of those players. And so it'll be interesting to see how he fits in. The other defender is Robbie Dimbro. I think I'm pronouncing that right. If not, I'm sure he'll tell us. Um, played at Pitt. His father's the head basketball coach at Duquesne. Um, in these past few years, he's played at Loudoun. So there's that Pittsburgh connection with the University of Pittsburgh. You know, dad's at Duquesne. So that'll be another good story uh, as as we follow things along. And then the big one is... Um, is midfielder Angelo Kelly Rosales, who spent the past four years uh, with the battery. Last season, he led the team in games played, minutes played, tackles, and interceptions. So, you know, I mean, yeah. oof, like, That's like, big. That's yeah, huge. yeah. We 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 lose Todd Wharton and and we get Kelly Rosales, and it's just, I was pretty pumped when I heard that. I mean, what are what are your guys' thoughts? No, it's awesome, and and it's 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 kind of interesting because like. It feels like maybe I'm wrong about this, but was he like their Kenny Forbes? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's yes. what I'm, the, the feel I'm getting as far as like minutes played, importance on the field, that kind of stuff. So, like, it will be interesting to see what that means for our Kenny Forbes and like how that interaction is. Like, obviously, they can both be on the field. I'm not saying they can't be, but right. uh, it just like having two of those roles in there and like, I think it could be a huge deal. And, and I just wanted to go back real fast to the uh, Jesse Williams, like the one negative. Yeah. Okay. Like Trinidad Tobago, they have something, all three of them, but like that's three players who know each other, who play together, who have that chemistry already have camaraderie there outside of just being on the same team. Like that could be huge. Cause that could be yep. like a very cohesive feel for the back line. Yep. Um, already built in instead of having to, you know, do what we usually do where the first, you know, third of the season is kind of, eh, it looks like we're kind of trying to figure ourselves out. Maybe this could be a way to, you know, circumvent that and, and already so. have that figured out. Yeah, no, for sure. The, the one thing, you know, not to jump back to Rosales here, but uh, one thing just to, to point out, he feels like, like another Danny Griffin. You know, when you look at our team and yeah. you're like, who played the most minutes? Who had the most tackle? It's like to have another player like that. Kev, you you feel like there's something that just like. Needs well, to no, I, I, it's but uh, another Danny Griffin, who's, you know, 29, who, you know, is experienced <laughs> and who, you know, has. Is a, yeah, I mean, it is a more mature, you know, experienced player uh, playing in this league, especially. So, yeah, no, I, I like I'm I usually don't get too excited about signings this year but they are 
you know, they're working me this off season because I'm, I'm pretty excited about just, just all the way through. I feel like we've made strong defensive signings, midfield signings and forward signings and to couple with what we've already had. So uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting pretty excited about this. Kevin, you could have just said, I don't normally get very excited and just <laughs> would be fine. We, we all agree. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Probably right. <laughs> Yeah. As, as Steve pointed out, our buddy, uh, John at USL tactics on Twitter did a good job of, uh, analyzing the similarities between, um, Kelly Rosales with, uh, Todd Wharton. So we can check that out on Twitter and, uh, I'm sure we will retweet that. John is just crushing it this off season. If you don't follow him, go follow. He's been on the show before. Um, he now is on the USL show and I honestly don't know how he has time to do anything else over the course of the day, because it seems like every five minutes he's cranking out something else related to USL championship. And he's very favorable of, uh, of what the hounds are doing this season. So, um, that if nothing else, should was it him? I saw you interacting with someone on Twitter that like put us like seventh in the East or something. Was that him? Cause I don't yeah, think he knows the, anything. That wasn't him. That was, no, no, that I think was that him. was, that was Kelly. I think he's the host of the USL show now. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He <laughs> somehow ranked Pittsburgh seventh going into the season. And so I had to give him some grief on that because um, there's no way that's going to happen. But whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> Sounds like a West Coast host. That's all I'm it saying. Does. <laughs> 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 um, truth. Um, well, guys, I guess uh, one last thing here, and uh, and we're going to sort of wrap up the show. I, for anybody who has been on social media, um, you will know that uh, there was some sad news this past week um, that the Steel Army has lost uh, one of their own. Um, John Billigen passed away uh, unexpectedly after several long months of recovering from what was a, uh, a simple spine surgery. Um, John had been on this show. Uh, here's a picture of him on the full 90 with Liz. Um, he was obviously a stalwart amongst Riverhounds faithful. Um, and, you know, obviously our thoughts and prayers are with uh, his friends, family during this difficult time. Um, guys, I, you know, I just figured in lieu of our typical sort of sign off um, in remembrance of John, just sort of quick moment of silence. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we'll go from there. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.